Craft Beer Radio, episode 231, recorded on December 15, 2012. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Jeff. I'm Greg. We're messing around with some 8-bit music on YouTube. There's a lot of really funny and... Not, some are not so good, some are awesome. Yeah. And... Like some of the songs, like, oh, this is going to be great, turned into 8-bit. Yeah. And then it was some, you know, retarded monkey who made the song. And I think that one of the best ones was the Chocolate Rain one. That was just... It was perfect. It, it, had, it, well, it had a whole video to go with yeah. it. It was like a title screen. Well, that and, 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 and the Gangnam Style one. Yeah, Gangnam Style was good, too. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're doing winter beers. We're doing the, uh, yeah, winter beers. The Festival of Winter. <laughs> Why not? We're uh, a week away from Christmas, a week plus away from Christmas. and So I want to do this one, because this is new this year. Haven't had it. Bought a variety case with it in it. I'm going to give it a try. This is this a White is Christmas. White Christmas from Samuel Adams. It's a whip beer. So uh, we are at 6 SRM, so we got this very light golden color. 14.2 degrees Play-Doh, 5.8 degrees alcohol by volume, 5.8 degrees, 5.8% alcohol by volume, 190 calories, 8 IBUs, so not very happy. <laughs> not bitter at all. Malted with Sam Adams 2-Row Pale Malt Blend, Wheat German Pills, and it's hopped with Spalt Spalter Noble Hops. Not much of them. And it has as adjunct cinnamon, nutmeg, and orange peel. And it's yeasted with a Sam Adams Ale yeast. So so cinnamon and nutmeg instead of coriander, huh? That's interesting. I think that, that works. I think that that's uh-huh. roughly the same. And with a little bit of extra kind of, you know, festive... Right. I mean, it is their Christmas. Yeah. Probably they also have Old Fezziwig, which we'll be getting to in a moment. But, yeah, I'm excited to try this thing. It's a little cold. Okay. Because, I mean, it just came out of the fridge, so it just feels a little bit too cold, especially in these glasses. We should have spent more time looking for more epic music. <laughs> how did I know? How'd, how are we to know? Uh, doesn't pour with much of a head. Wouldn't expect that much. It's a nice, cloudy straw. Smells of nutmeg and orange. My nose is half clogged up tonight, so I'm going to have to rely on Greg for... I do get some nutmeg, but I'm not getting a ton of other things. Hmm. Nutmeg, orange, maybe a little... Maybe the wheat's coming through a little bit, but not much. Okay, so, I mean, the, the first thing you notice is, is you, you compare it, I think, rationally or internally to a, a regular wit beer with coriander. And, you know, I said it might work. Mm-hmm. And it does work, but it, it's definitely a different twist. It, it's more... It's more holiday. It's more... There's more meaty or something, you know. It, instead of being like a summertime drinker, it definitely has a more cozy feel to it. Yeah, so. I mean, what is it? Is, coriander it implies... A little bit of of a, a grassy 
uh-huh. I guess, tone to it, just slightly, but enough to, to really differentiate it from Nutmeg and Cinnamon, which gives it much more of a, of a deeper... Um, it's more savory. Yeah, a little... Yeah, that's a good way to yeah, put it. Yeah, I mean, it. I think the beer just comes across as, you know, a lot more savory than you'd expect the wit beer to be. And it, because you're expecting a wit beer um, with coriander, it, it's it's a little... The first taste or so, you're like, whoa, that, that's that's really, really different. It's... Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised if people w- were to take one sip of this and be like, "Ugh, I don't like it," just because it's it's different than what they expect. But I think that if you dig into it, there's some interesting stuff going on here. The orange, and the citrus notes are kind of though getting hit by sort of smack of cinnamon. I think that uh, that actually it it takes away a bit from the fruity notes. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it is. Holiday beer, right? So that savory needs to be played up. So, you know, expect the the orange peel to to be more of just a, a nuance or a backup player, right? You know, I don't think it's going to be as 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 a starter as it would be in a normal wit beer. I don't think that's really the intention. Well, you, it's you you're not getting the brightness from the fruit that you would normally get from a wit beer. You, you're not getting that that hit of either acidity or just like I said, brightness that comes out. You're, you taste it a little bit, but what I can really taste is is uh, I can feel the cinnamon on my tongue. I can sort of feel it still there after the beer is gone. I can, mm-hmm. I I don't, I don't know how to how to put it exactly, but there's like a weight, but like little pit little bits of weight around your tongue. It's uh, it's interesting. I'm not sure, not sure what to completely make of it. Hmm. Well, you know, a lot of breweries throw a lot of nutmeg into a lot of fall and winter beers, but this is the first time I've had it in a wit beer. Yes. But still, the cinnamon is what's coming through to me the most. Nutmeg's there. So, yeah, maybe it's because my nose is you know mostly clogged up, but I'm tasting the nutmeg you know, way much more potently than I am cinnamon. I'm... You don't get much cinnamon in beers. I, it's not a common adjunct. So that's, to me, the thing that, that's hitting. And like you said, at, you get nutmeg all the time. And sometimes you can get nutmeg without having eaten it. Some similar uh, phenols without having actual nutmeg in there. Uh-huh. But the nutmeg is there, and it's it's a bit pronounced, but the cinnamon is, is really what's changing this beer and making it different, making it something unique. Because uh, I am a fan of Sam Adams over that. I don't think that the wit beer that's underneath this is all that special. It's just sort of it's it's a you know it's a well produced, well made wit beer, but it's not like spectacular. So what what's interesting about it, therefore, is whatever adjunct they put into it. And so there there's interesting flavor to it. I would say, I would recommend trying it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say get a case of it. Well, the nice thing about the St. Adam's Winter Variety Case, the one that I picked up, mm-hmm. is that there's six beers in there. Mm-hmm. So you're only getting four of right. each. You know, instead of doing the four by six, it's the six by four, which gives you a heck of variety in a case of beer. And pretty good stuff. We had uh, the regular old Boston Lager in yeah, Boston Lager, Free Winter show. Lager, Holiday Porter, Chocolate Bock, Old Fezziwig, 
White Christmas. White Christmas. That's a good selection of beers. So the the availability. Remember when Chocolate Bock first came out? And you dropped what like close to a thirty dollar bottle of beer in the driveway? I remember. <laughs> so the price point of Chocolate Bock has come down significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, now that you had four of them in a variety case that was a recently priced variety case, I want to say it was low thirties, thirty two bucks, something like that. Yeah, well, I I guess they really, you know, it was popular, and so they said, okay, we can make this yeah. economy of scale kicked in, and there you go. There was a variety case of special beers from Budweiser at the beer distributor. It was the ones, it was like, there, I think, I couldn't tell from the packaging. The packaging inferred that there was going to be 12 different beers, one from each of their large large breweries around the country, but... Looking at it, I think there only might have been four in that particular case. Uh, it was hard to tell. But they were all pale lagers, maybe just a touch of amber. And I'm like, there was like an oak-aged pale lager. Well, <laughs> like, you know... I'm not sure I want to spend any money on that case of beer. They made their attempt, and it was just an awful beer, the American Ale. I don't know what they were thinking, because... I really don't know what that what that was appealed to. Any craft beer fan who tastes that beer was like, this is low quality compared to other craft beers out there. Any Budweiser drinker who tasted it, it was like, this is this tastes like dirt. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, they haven't done anything interesting lately. You know, since the inter- the Imbev thing, maybe Imbev, yeah, has really come together. They don't. I haven't seen the Michelob stuff around. You I mean other than Michelob? In Michelob Ultra, I haven't seen Dungleweiss, Bavarian Wheat, Pale Ale, Meritzen mm-hmm. around at all. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Shock Top's still all over the place. Yes. I'll have to keep an eye out this winter to see if Bourbon's Winter Cascale is still around or not. Shock Top isn't terrible, but it's not great. Yeah. It's, it's, it's trying to take market away from Blue Moon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the only reason it exists. I haven't seen the uh, the bare knuckle stout anywhere in a long, long time, which was their nitro stout. Well, they're still making Old Dominion, right? Because they own the Old Dominion, so. Oh sure, but I'm saying the. Oh, this ties into that whole craft versus crafty thing. I got a phone call from the Brewers Association. Um, went the right to voicemail, but they wanted to tell me about give me like audio press release about their craft versus crafty. Mm-hmm. You know, the Brewers Association is taking on, the. The craft-like beers from right. big brewers. Yeah, we've talked about this plenty. You know, I'm of split opinion. You know, if it's good beer, it's good beer. Exactly. I prefer to give my money to locals, but I'm not going to... Um, On a show like this where we are constantly tasting, you know, all, all types of beer, we will definitely give them a try. Yeah. I, You know, it's, you know, Lou Bryson sums up great. You know, is it about the beer or is it about the politics? You know, and... You can't you can't just do one or the other, you know. I prefer to give my money to small business. But you know, if the big brewer makes good beer But I buy most of my stuff on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and at go. the supermarket. So yeah, it's uh It's a complex world we live in. It is. Craft versus crafty. Uh, just know where your beer comes from, I guess. Make the decision on your own. And if if a if a company makes a spectacular or close to spectacular beer, like I think the 
Michelob Dunkelweiss was, then we will point it out. Yeah. And we will tell people to go for it. Anyway, uh, that's White Christmas from Samuel Adams. Do you want to do the other Sam Adams? Sure. While we're at it? Okay, so White Christmas is their new Christmas ale, their limited release. Their standard Christmas ale is the old Fezziwig. Old standard. I mean, they've been making this thing forever. So we have 15.6 degrees Play-Doh. This is a, in terms of color, 38 SRM. I love Sam Adams. They give you so much information. Deep mahogany is what they call it, in terms of color. Uh, 5.8% alcohol by volume, 213 calories per 12 ounces. I'm going to have to add mahogany to my vocabulary for color. Because, uh, you know, that everyone knows what that is, that really rich, yeah. dark-oiled wood look. And kind I, don't of, use, I never use it, but it, it, it's it's a, it's a nice color. It kind of looks to me a little bit more like molasses than deep mahogany, but that's just my my call. 25 IBUs, malted with their two-row... If we had it in the same Adam's glasses, it would look like mahogany. It might. I guarantee you. <laughs> so it's malted with two-row pale malt blend, like they used in the last one. Munich 10, Carafa, so that makes it dark, and Caramel 60. Hopped with uh, Hillertal, Middlefro, and Tetnang, Tetnanger. Both noble hop varieties. Uh, special ingredients... These are the adjuncts. Orange peel, ginger, and cinnamon with the Sam Adams ALE. Cinnamon again. And orange peel. And orange peel. Differences. So ginger, ginger instead of nutmeg. No wheat. Yeah, and this one has a lot more of a you know, darker malt profile. Hmm. You get a lot of roasty aromas on there. You know, it smells portery. Maybe not a rich, roasty, chocolatey porter, but it has a, a brown ale slash portery type aroma yes. to it. Yes, it does. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, roasty notes. You can smell, I think, a little bit of the carafe in there. It gives off a slight, a slight acrid. Just slight. Yeah. I got, for one sniff, I thought I picked up some ginger, but like all the you know following sniffs, I really wasn't smelling much ginger. There, yeah, it's like almost at the very beginning, like the first little bit of air you bring, yeah. you bring yes. in, you can smell the ginger. Yes, I agree with you. You can definitely taste it. Ginger has ginger is a very powerful. Spice. Spice is kind of the wrong word for it. What is ginger? It's a it's a rhizome. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a, certainly it's a it's, it's a root like um, horseradish is it's similar. Horseradish. I think yeah yeah. But it, it's um, it's really powerful, and I, I bet they don't use much. So, but you can definitely taste it here, and it just gives a. Kind of, it, along with the other flavors, I think it combines to give it a slight kind of wintergreen. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I don't really taste the orange peel. I just I think it's kind of melding with the I ginger. I think it gives you maybe some of the like 
little bit of that you said wintergreen, which is you know a volatile oil mm-hmm. type thing, right? Orange peel has the volatile oils in the skin, so it might right. be that kind of correlation where you're getting that kind of liveliness out of the orange peel. So it's yeah, so it's a little reminiscent of a root beer because root beer has that kind of mm-hmm. what is it? It's not just wintergreen. There's also like other things in there. I have wondered that. I never really looked it up. You know what? What are those components that you know is? Is it like birchwood? There's something sarsaparilla. Sa- yeah. So it's slightly reminiscent. I mean, it's not. It, it's not a root beer, but it's. We did, remember when they made they made a hard. Was it Sam Adams? Or was it somebody else? Yeah, made? no, Sam Adams. Yeah. They did that root beer. That was great. That was awesome. That was like the the Patriot series. Yeah, they had the like the. Jefferson root beer or something like that. I wish more places made a hard root beer because that that was really good. Yeah. Wasn't quite as sweet as your you know typical root. Oh, beer. it wasn't a soda. It yeah. was. Excuse me. It wasn't really a soda, or you know, like when you say hard root beer, you might think of Mike's hard lemonade, but root beer. No, this was a beer with root beer things. Yeah, added to it. You know, and it was uh, it was part of their revolutionary ale series or something like that, and uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, I, I I just remember. I mean, I only only had it once. I remember enjoying it. I wish that I could it, find it. It did have a sweetness. I mean, I, while I'm saying it's not like a modern day soda, it may have been kind of soda esque. You know, like before big, you know. High fructose corn High fructose syrup. Corn yeah. syrup, you know, it might have been kind of reminiscent of like nineteen twenties and before soda, you know. Well, I mean the recipe for Coke hasn't really changed much. Right, right. I'm thinking, well, maybe even earlier, you know, eighteen fifties soda. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know. But... Well, that was beer. Yeah. It was before the nation developed a big sweet tooth, that's for sure. I could, you know, it's been a long, long time since we had that beer, but thinking back, it's like, you know, maybe that beer was a lot of this beer, you know? It, it's possible. I mean, I don't think they had cinnamon in there. I doubt they had ginger. Well, but the malt. The, the malt base might have been similar. They, however, they might well, have, they tried, didn't to have, use, graphite, they might have sure. tried to use more historic malts, though. Yeah. So maybe not. Maybe that's just, I mean, it's been way too long since we've had that to really. I should have just let that one go. Said so brought it up, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the thing is that there, there is a, a taste similarity to root beer here. It, it's it's there. It's not uh, it's not perfect, but there is an analog. It is neat how I mean you mentioned how it has a wintergreen or a minty type character to it, and uh, you know as I'm drinking it, I keep going back to that where the ginger plus orange peel mm-hmm. is combining to be somewhat wintergreeny minty. I um I'm enjoying it. I think it's you know it's decent. This would be a really good beer to go with. Um, oh, yeah. Go and yeah, go with. Uh, you know, like I, you know, I was thinking like you know, a rich you know wintertime dinner. You know, like uh, you know braised beef. Um, mm, oh stew, yeah, something like that. Oh yeah, this would go great with the stew. Hmm. You know, mm, some yeah, of those yeah. other, you know, I'm not sure. Or a filet, filet mignon. Mm, this would be pretty good with a filet mignon. 
little bit of asparagus on the side. There you go. I had my first purgatory burger the other day. We'll have to talk about that. Oh, purgatory. Well, were you sentenced? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like it. I mean, this thing about these, these winter ales is that many of them... I I I can think of a few that are that you can drink a bunch of but most of them are sort of have one or two and that's it mm-hmm. and it's good they're only available winter sure. time because you're not going to have very much of these and you're not going to do very much with them. You're not going to get a case of this. It's mm-hmm. not like a too hard or something like that. But in terms of a sort of a one-time thing, yeah, I think that this would this would go well. I think this isn't a, a bad a yeah, bad. I idea. mean, if you're if you're buying a case of Christmas beer, you're typically buying it for more than yourself too, right? Yes. So I mean, even a case of this would go well. At Remember, a, don't, most people don't buy cases. So, I mean, even yeah, a six pack. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend a six pack of White Christmas, but I could see a six pack of, of Fezziwig. And yeah, I could see it definitely going with holiday dinner. I mean, you know, especially with red meat. It's enjoyable. All right. What do you think? Which one do you want to go to next? Um, I'm kind of curious about the Boulder one. Okay. So Boulder has a beer. <laughs> they do. They have a few of them, actually. It's called uh, Never Summer. They've been making beer for a long time, too. Colorado's first microbrewery, they say. Would they count as a microbrewery today? If they're releasing stuff that's available in in (laughs) Pittsburgh, I would not call it a microbrewery. It's all about how much beer they make and... Oops. There you go. (laughs) I'm going to need some of that back. I got carried away pouring. Let's see how much I get out of it. Uh, you know, microbrewery potato potato. It has a. There is a microbrewery. It sounds so eighties. You know, it sounds like you know when there was that microbrewing fad in the eighties. Sure. Um, I mean, that, that's today's term is craft brewery. Right, right. Yeah. That's when it was a fad, and it wasn't. It, it wasn't there for the flavor. It was like it was, it was trendy. Um, I I don't have such a negative connotation for microbrewery but it's almost like a different a microbrewery talks towards the brewery's size whereas craft brewery talks towards what they make so you could have a micro their intentions you could have a microbrewing craft brewery right and you could have a microbrewing cave creek chili brewery yes <laughs> you could so I, I wouldn't call myself a microbrewer if I was brewing. I mean, I'm, East End doesn't call itself a microbrewer. It calls itself a craft. Well, but you're, when you're calling yourself Colorado's first microbrewery, you have to kind of go back to the time where they were a microbrewery because the next smallest brewery in Colorado was Coors, you right. know? But does, like, so. does, okay, so um, does, Anchor, does Anchor call themselves... California's first microbrewery or oldest microbrewery? I doubt it. I, it's all semantics. It really does not that part does not matter about the beer in the glass. <laughs> Six point five percent alcohol by volume, forty IBUs. 
And that's kind of all the information they give us. A dark caramel oh, malt. Take a big sniff and you'll get one more piece of information. It's pretty hoppy. Dare I say nugget hops? It's hard to tell. The flavor will be more... Maybe Amarillo, but there's there's definitely a pungent oh, hop yeah. aroma wow, on this Wow, there guy. it goes, there it goes. I, I just got it. It's a pungent hop aroma. Maybe because our flight has been not hoppy so far, but I mean, this one is sticking out like... It's not Cascade, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't yeah, you it. might be right. You might be right on the nugget. They don't say on the website, but I'm guessing it's uh, it's either Nugget, maybe Amarillo, or a blend of the two. It's an interesting flavor. It mm. it starts out tasting like an like a red ale, like a hoppy red ale, like a red IPA or an imperial red. But then there's a big roast on the back end, so it kind of gets a little portery at the at the finish, or maybe maybe brown ale-y. There's kind of a like a front and a back to this. Greg is not lined up for a hoppy beer. This is a curveball. It's not palate. it's not the hoppiness; it's the nuggetiness. It's that deep. I like to call it. I mean, it's it's high alpha the, the, these nugget slash amarillo hops, but. I don't like high alpha because it doesn't it doesn't give a good I mean high alpha just just sort of gives the impression that it's just got a lot of bitterness to it but this is really this ugh, I'm, I don't know <laughs> sticky it's resiny resiny pungent. yeah I'm trying to think of a good a good description for it I was going to say low alpha because it's going to brings you low but it's not low alpha <clears throat> right so, let me let me dial into I called it you know a, a hoppy red ale or something like that up front let me try to put some words to that um, obviously the hoppy part but why did I call it a hoppy red instead of an IPA or something it has a little bit of that caramelly um, almost like uh, how Maybe a little bit of of um, trying to come up with which kind of candy, but like I don't have an exact example, but there's some kind of like hard tack, um, you know, caramel candy or toffee candy. You know, it has that a little bit of flavor. There's a little bit of extra sweetness there. I I, no, I don't want to say cherries because it doesn't really have any real cherry flavor. But there's, I take another sip here. It's kind of a sugar candy type sweetness to it. Right, because it doesn't yeah. really... It's not, not getting quite, a, a fruit from it. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's not... You know, sugar cane, you know... People might think table sugar beet sugar. You know, it's not quite cidery. But there's still a little more body to it than that. But there, there's a certain sweetness there. The sweetness is... is the, the reason why I say sugar cane is the sweetness is kind of reminiscent to sugar cane rum, okay. I, I feel. And so there, there's a bit of that rumminess in there. And that contributes to it. The hop stuff is is starting to meld a little bit better. I, I think the, the, the shock... From going from you know the, the the cinnamon ginger thing to this deep 
mm-hmm. deep hoppy was was too much for my system initially. It, it's it's getting better. That's good to hear. I don't want to give a false impression. There's going from from what we went to 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 here was was a big step. So it's not if you have a bunch of hoppy beers. I think right before this, then you're not you're, you're going to notice a big malt here. The the hops are kind of deep, but like the first thing I was tasting, it was almost like arrogant bastard. It was it was almost that kind of hoppy, but arrogant bastard with nugget. <laughs> it's even stronger. I, I just searched the uh, BJCP for Irish Red Ale because I, I, mm-hmm. I this reminds me of a Red Ale. Yeah, but I didn't think my vocabulary was very good to distinguish a Red Ale from other multi beers that we typically describe. So I'm looking here at the flavor. Unfortunately, the kind of the words that I already used or wanted to use when they're talking, and I think these a lot line up with the malt part. You know, take out that crazy nugget and talk about the the malt part of this beer. Where it reminds me of an Irish red or an imperial red. Uh, moderate caramel malt flavor with sweetness, occasionally with a butter toast or toffee like quality. Finishes with a light taste of roasted grain and lends a characteristic dryness to the finish. Generally, no flavor of hops. That's just for an Irish red, right? Some examples have light English hop flavor. Okay, so that's really off. You know, that's getting into the details of the flavor, especially for. When this isn't an Irish red, but I think you know it definitely has that red ale character to it. Yeah, so I would say this. Yeah, this is kind of like a strong red ale, with you know assertively hopped, with maybe uh, an extra bit of caramel malt in there, like a dark caramel, mm-hmm. right? And and that probably is is what they you know what they're working on to make this. And I, I can understand, especially Boulder makes pretty, you know, they make pretty hoppy stuff. I, I like the overall impression of the Irish red, which is 9D, if you're curious. The first sentence, an easy drinking pint. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I would agree with that. You Unfortunately, know, a good I would, Irish red. I would, and there aren't many. I haven't met one. I could not judge Irish red because it's just not a style that is compatible with me. Hmm. I just don't like it. It's like me and uh, We Heavies. Yeah. But, oh, oh, we heavies. Okay, uh, for some reason, I, my brain translated a wee heavy into old ale. I'm like, wait a second, you love old ale. <laughs> you know, we heavy Scotch ale, not my kind of thing. Just doesn't work for me. All right, I'm gonna rinse my glass out because that thing was pungent and hoppy. Mm. But yeah, Boulder makes a lot of hoppy stuff. So this this kind of fits in their profile, and and actually, you compare it to some of the other stuff they do, and this is. I mean, it, it fits in with the theme. It's like they add a little extra caramel to a very hoppy beer. Yeah, I think I think it's good. It's just when you're drinking a lot of non-hoppy winter warmers, Christmas beers, things like that, it's definitely going to stand out a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, the only thing that's not going to stand out is uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration, right? Which is Sierra Nevada's Christmas beer, but... You know, it's an IPA, right? It, there's nothing spicy or caramelly or malty or savory about that one. It's it's a delicious IPA, but they put it out at Christmas time. Okay, we're going to go to a local beer, Full Pint Brewing Company's Festivus. Yes, named after the holiday from Seinfeld. So I don't have any information on this because their website well, does there's, not Well, there's the Festivus poll and there's the Feats of Strength. And there's the airing of grievances. 
<laughs> they on, on Beer Advocate. Look, they're all there, right? On the label, aluminum pole, five hundred pound dumbbell. You got a loudspeaker here with some cuss words coming out of it. Yeah, the airing of grievances. Yeah. Well, we should say not exactly curse words. It's not. Uh, it's, it's not flying dog. <laughs> but um, they do have a uh, like asterisk pound yeah. percent at exclamation point. Um, there is some cinnamon and what is this? It's a white flower. Of is that vanilla? It may be vanilla flower. That would make sense. There are some cranberries at the top, or something at the top, but I, or no, no, no those are cranberries. Those is that, are just, is it holly? Those are just holly, yeah, so that's probably not, but I think the, I think the cinnamon and the vanilla at the bottom are definitely hints. Yes. So, six point, according to Brad, if you get 6% alcohol by volume, they call it an American brown ale. Mildly spiced brown ale. Multi throughout with a subtle hop nose. Beer, oh, here we go. Beer nerd stats. Spices. Cinnamon, vanilla, and mace. Malts. Pilsner, Munich. Honey, dark crystal. Melanoidin, chocolate. And they use Simcoe hops. It's uh, 15.5. Oh, wait. The uh, original gravity is 15.5 Play Doh. 18 IBUs. 6% ABV. There you go. I was right. It was vanilla. Cool. I can recognize a vanilla flower. What is probably never see one in real life. No, probably not. Except for on like yogurt containers and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's probably where I, where I recognize it. From. <laughs> yeah. But how else do you represent vanilla pictorially? The beans aren't very photogenic, right? So you right. have to use the flower, which no one will ever see. Yeah. Just marketing right there. Yeah, it's funny because in the beginning of the show I said, "Don't hear, don't see many beers that have cinnamon in it." It's already we have <laughs> three, three beers. beers that have cinnamon in it, so it's kind of it is a Christmas beer show. Yes. Hmm. I'm I'm confused, not because the smell is bad, but because I'm. Trying to put it into words and I'm failing. Yeah, it's. Yeah, the aroma isn't what you expected after you know reading about the spices, the mace, the cinnamon, the vanilla, but you know when mace. I smell it after I, after I you know we just paused and I blew my nose and uh, I do definitely smell Simcoe hops. They say lightly hopped with Simcoe, but I mean I'm getting a big Simcoe aroma on this. Maybe your nose is sort of primed for the Simcoe. I'm glad they had the stats there because <laughs> yeah, the labels much better than the website. Yeah, not bad. I forgot about that. They always have the beer nerd stats on their labels. This is a full plant brewing in North Versailles, Pennsylvania. Not yeah. Versailles, even though it's spelled that way. We pronounce all <laughs> the letters. We pronounce it Versailles. Well, there are other. Places around the country that do similar things. I'm trying to remember of uh, some similar situations, but I know there are some. Notre Dame is a good example. Right? Ah, it's yes. not Notre Dame, it's Notre Dame. 
So I took a sip, and actually, the I think the mace spice is coming through more so than the vanilla or the. There's a little yes. zinginess going on there. It's um, I don't know how would you describe that. I would say you wouldn't want this beer sprayed in your face. <laughs> it's not that kind of mace. Isn't mace based? I mean, isn't the reason they call it mace because it's? Is it? I didn't know that. I'm pretty. I sure. thought I thought mace was like not. No, I thought that's why pepper spray is so popular because I thought mace was like just chemical. It wasn't like natural ingredients, and it you know caused much more damage. I, you know, I don't know. I always assumed that since there was a spice named mace, and mace was a stopping uh, thing, uh, I'm pretty sure mace is like just chemical. Hmm. And I mean, uh, pepper spray is just capsaicin. Well, I think just, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why you don't see mace anymore, and you see pepper spray. I think it's it's better for. Know, like quicker time to recover, like you know, because it's just a spice. Yeah. Where mace like would screw up for days and days. We can research that. Talk about it later. Hmm. So maybe it was called mace, yeah, because it it gave you a, a maybe it tasted similar to the spice. Or maybe it was named after the big ball of spikes you could swing at someone. Who knows? Mm. Why was that called mace versus the spice? Maybe it tastes in. Maybe the mace spice is a spiky little ball. There you go. There you go, sir. You're on to something. I, f- I feel it. Okay, the beer. Takes a few sips, I think, to acclimate to this guy. Maybe our flight, but I think, you know, after a few sips, I'm starting to dial in to it. It doesn't taste as weird as it did the first sip or two. If you, pretty, can, if, if you can put it into words, go ahead, because I am at a loss. The spicy is weird. It's mm. almost like black pepper. Mm. You know, you know, or, dare I say, Szechuan peppercorns. You know, there's a the spiciness that kind of like digs into your tongue. I am nodding at Jeff. It doesn't quite yes. numb your tongue like Szechuan does, but it, it it's not not unlike it, that's for sure. So yeah, you get this big spice that must come from the the mace that really dives into your tongue pretty hard. Uh, vanilla is not apparent. No, not at all. The cinnamon—it's hard to say. It might be playing a role with that spicy zing. There's kind of a juicy, aqueous type note to it. It's almost like a bit of well, it is Simcoe hop, so this might play in. Think pineapple juice a little bit. You know, there's a little bit of acidity. There's a little bit of pineapple juice in there. Yes. Yes, I agree. That's, yeah, that's Simcoe. That's, you know, Simcoe gives you a pineapple-y mm-hmm. stuff. And Simcoe's, Simcoe's a good hop. One use in moderation. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's definitely a weird combination of beers, but yeah, Festiv- yeah think, Festivus is a weird holiday. I think right? pineapple. <laughs> pineapple is good because that gives me something to grab onto. Uh, you know, no, the problem with pineapple is you're thinking Christmas beers, you're thinking roast pineapple. This isn't roast pineapple. No, no, no. This is this fresh, is fresh pineapple. juicy pineapple. I think that. 
with with cinnamon and and black pepper mm-hmm. uh and a slight bit of like caramelized sugar and and I think you'll you'll get similar tastes there I think that combination yeah it well it, it it's a it's a eclectic mix for sure not a train wreck no but it's an eclectic mix <laughs> it's 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 interesting Would you have called this now six percent? Like we said, would you have called this as an American brown ale? That's mm, I, I don't know. I would have probably gone a strong ale. You know, I would have gone something it a little has bit some brown oak character to it. I mean, I would have just yeah. called it holiday ale. Yeah, spiced ale. Anything spice like yeah. that, you just call it holiday ale or spiced ale or something. Yeah, I would call it. Yeah, I mean, brown ale helps a little bit. People know what they're getting, but not a ton. You don't, many, you don't find many 6% brown ales. That, that's... Sure you do. Yeah, I guess you do. But that that's kind of in, in the high range. You know, if it was 7, seven and a half, But, you know, up that's to... That's really high, yeah. I, mean, I would be fine with brown ale at 6.6, six, six, eight. I wouldn't... Really, really? I wouldn't... I wouldn't raise my eyebrows like you just did. I, 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 would, I would accept it. I, I, would, I would consider six to be pretty pretty close to the high point for a brown ale. I mean, I think brown ale, brown ale should be four point eight to five point or to five point six or five point seven. I think if if you're getting anywhere beyond that, you're starting to go into a stronger range. It, it, it just think it's a little bit less brown ale and closer to porter. Uh, they don't have ABVs on here. Though. They just oh wait, here we go. Um, Jeff five point four. Yeah. So a Northern English is uh, top end on the BJCP's five point four. But let's find an American brown ale, the ones who do it right. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, it's there, there's there's a truth six, 6%, to it. Six percent is a top end for American brown. Yeah. So I mean, we're hitting. Like I said, we're hitting really the the top of the top, mm-hmm. the tippy top. Yeah, I, I think six five would be. I mean, what we do, we just keep pushing the limits, right? That's what the American styles do. So, I mean, anything higher than six five, I'm sure it's going to start tasting a little boozy or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's not the maltiest thing in the world. So you're at a certain point, there's diminishing returns on on how much alcohol you can pull without it turning, like you said, boozy. Speaking of boozy, winter warmer. It better do some warming. This is Harpoon. Harpoon winter warmer. This is their, they say it's the first seasonal brew they, first seasonal beer they brewed. And it was one of the first seasonal beers in the country. So it was brewed since 1988. 1988. Wow. 12. 12 years old. And I'm sure they didn't sell very much winter warmer in 1988. Another beer with uh, with cinnamon. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Eat those words, Greg. <laughs> Eat them. Swallow them down. Cinnamon nutmeg, huh? Yeah. 5.9% alcohol by volume, 23 IBUs. Their color is on the EBC scale, 55. 
the executive business center scale? I don't know what the EBC scale is, but it's it's sort of a or executive briefing center. A sort of a varnished wood. <clears throat> well, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty color. Look at that. It's a it's in that mahogany range. Uh, it's not as dark as as what cherry. They're it's a, it's a dark stained cherry. Mm-hmm. How about that? Ooh, ooh, apples and cinnamon. Yeah, the mm. cinnamon definitely comes through the nose bigger than the... I, I had a hard time smelling it in many of the other beers, but definitely in this one, cinnamon. Like, you're talking about like, like roast apples or something like that? Yeah. It's really, it's really wafting off. Maybe, maybe even a little bit of honey. A little wassail action going on here. <laughs> I, made yeah. out, I made out in Brown's wassail a couple of years ago. You know, where you roast apples and put mm-hmm. them in there, and I used Smutty Nose Old Brown Dog as the as the beer, and uh, added some I forget which wine I used, uh, some Madeira, I think. But uh, definitely has a little bit of that wassail uh, type smell going on. When I was a kid, uh, and we used to actually do the religious or quasi religious stuff, the Jewish stuff that during Rosh Hashanah you do apples and cinnamon, you. That's a mix and, and apples and honey. Okay. And there's a similar kind of aroma to this. It's that it, it really there's almost kind of a fruitcake kind of smell to it, right? Yeah, the cinnamon's really melding with, you know, the uh, the the old air old ale or winter warmer character of this, that big, rich, con- condensed caramel, multi bready smell. The cinnamon's really out front on it, but mm-hmm. that 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 traditional, you know, what you get in an old ale is really pushing up behind it too. It smells like a strong bread pudding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smoothest beer we've had all night. It, the the one that really just feels, I, I think that it has has the right combination of carbonation and velvetiness. There's also a, a good amount of apple in in the flavor. It's I don't only, know. Uh, it's only five point nine percent. I know. That's the. Uh, it's gonna be the smallest winter warmer you ever find. I think. <laughs> Except for maybe Samuel Smith's. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, brewed in 1988, they probably couldn't go crazy at the time. I mean, they could have, they, but they it wouldn't it, have been no marketable. One would have been able to comprehend it. Right? Yeah, right. So maybe that's part of it, right? They're well, it's not an old ale, right? At 5.9 percent, but they're they're what they're what they're losing in booziness. They're making up for in the maltiness and the spicing. Yes, think, you know it's a good substitution for this. I'm um, I'm really enjoying this. There's there's a a, a lot of this. Uh, I guess it would be kind of like Fuji Apple. I think is the closest thing okay. to it. So it, it's a it's a red apple. It's not quite red delicious. It's it's a little bit uh, yeah, more Fuji, mealy. But, yeah. yeah, but definitely uh, roasted down. So it's really sweet and soft and gooey. Huh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this, but I'm thinking, like, what are the good applications for this? And I'm like, let's reduce this down. Put this on some bread pudding. <laughs> yeah, no, it would work. It would work on top of um, on top of fruit cake. It would, you know, similar things. And uh-huh. anything that needs, um, if, you, if you want, you could reduce it down and, and turn it into a probably. It'd probably be really sweet, though. It'd probably. Be... Well, that's the thing. You don't have to worry about like, getting too bitter when you're reducing it. You know, that's the problem with most beers. Is there's too much hops in it. You don't really yeah. worry about getting it too bitter. This one might not might be able to withstand a reduction. And since it's not super boozy, you're not going to lose all that character from the booze evaporating. You know, I had uh, today a a Jess recommendation at Belgian Waffles. And what they had to cover it, they had a special, which was um, maple, apples, and uh, cherries. Uh And I can think that this, if you reduce this and drizzle it over, it would be a similar... right. Similar flavor. It'd work over waffles. Mm. Oh yeah. How about you take this and, and macerate in some cherries and apples and it you know make like a is that a compote or something like that? Yeah. Oh it'd be very good. It'd be very, very good. <laughs> hey, Greg hit me up on IM this morning. He's like, Okay, what do I do for cheat day? Yeah. And the first thing I said was it's kinda of what I was feeling. I'm like home fries and over easy eggs. He's like, I can have eggs all the time. I'm like, yeah. Okay, Belgian Not waffles. Not fries, but eggs. I can have eggs. Belgian waffles. <laughs> yeah, when he said waffles, I was like waffles. Yeah, and then you know, so we were trying to figure out where, and there's like two places, two Belgian-ish restaurants in town. The Sharp Edge only has like an appetizer waffle, and the Point Bruges Cafe in, in Point Breeze doesn't have a brunch menu on Saturday. It was like, uh, then I'm like, oh wait, there's this Park Bruges Cafe in Highland Park, and look at that, they have brunch on Saturday and Sunday. So, so Greg was in. The, the worst thing about getting the waffles was they had some some awesome sounding specials. Oh, I bet. Uh, so they had like a, an eggs Benedict with a and and had um, the the other one I pasted to you. It was like their steak and eggs, like but with like. Crab and like, yeah, no, and delicious stuff. They, they had an omelet with duck, and it was like there, there were things that like, oh man, that does sound a duck and fontina. I was like, oh my god, that's probably but great. I came here for waffles. but I came for waffles. I'm gonna have the waffles, and I had I had that with a course and dunk, and it was very good. Nice, yes, waffles and beer at about eleven thirty. It was the right time. That's afternoon in Belgium, so. There you go. <laughs> They're probably six hours ahead of us, so. No, they, they were they were very good uh, waffles. If you never had Belgian waffles, they're a little bit, uh, a little bit harder, and firmer than than you I know your to, typical American waffles. A little bit sweeter. I need to get some of that pearl sugar. I guess that's the key yeah. to making liege waffles is having pearl sugar, which is basically beads of of. Yeah, it almost looks kind of like salt in the. In the batter, but it's not salt and uh-huh. sugar. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I need to go find some pearl sugar and make me some some liege waffles because I got a, a Belgian waffle maker at home. Well, close to a Belgian waffle maker. I just need to get this pearl sugar. It's the only thing I'm missing. Mm. Okay, well, we are at the end 
of the show, which means it is time to rank. Uh, I think you went first last time. Yeah, I'm going to need some time, so if you have a fairly clear recollection of how you like these, you should go. Okay, uh, you write down, I will judge. I usually start from the top, I'm going to start from the bottom. <gasps> boom, boom, boom. Hmm. And my bottom yeah. is actually a little bit of a tough choice. Hmm. I think my bottom is going to be Never Summer just because it's a winter show and Never Summer didn't fit with the rest of the theme. Okay. It was it was the one that was off. It, it was not terrible, a little too nuggety for my taste, but it wasn't awful. But it was off theme from the rest of the show, which was a little bit more near Christmassy slash holiday slash whatever. It tried to be that with hops, and I think that that always fails. Always. <laughs> never works. I've never had a hoppy winter ale that, that worked. It's it's supposed to be malt. You in, and embrace the maltiness. Come on, guys. I know you make great hoppy beers. No one's denying that. You don't have to make every single thing you make hoppy. So never summer. Yeah, last. Uh, fourth, probably White Christmas. I, it was interesting, but it wasn't. It, it wasn't like I I totally feel comfortable recommending. I think it it had it had some weird notes that and the, the fact that it was a, a wit beer kind of worked against it. I mean, there's there's certain reasons that over the millennia, brewers found that coriander works in a wit beer. Yeah, and yeah. they don't use nutmeg all the time. It was an interesting experiment. It's much like the uh, Latitude Forty Eight deconstructed. It was cool to try. Yeah. It's not something you're going to build a business on. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would put that. That's it's a good way to put it. So, yeah, I, I would say why Christmas number four. Uh, number three, Festivus, because I really can't remember much about it. <laughs> that was the pineapple. Yeah, the pineapple. The pineapple okay. Szechuan peppercorn thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, it, it was decent. And, and if, you, if you think pineapple, I think you'll enjoy the beer more than if you're just, if you're just confused by it. Which because I was when you're thinking pineapple. brown now, you don't think pineapple. Ever, 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 ever. <laughs> Not at all. Old Fezzi Wig number two. Just uh, very enjoyable. You can see why it's a standard. You can see why they've kept it for so long. And in a, in a similar sense, you can see why it's a standard. You can see why Harpoon's Winter Warmer has been around since 1988. That's number one, clearly for me. That's a really enjoyable beer that I can see being used in, in ways more than just drinking. And... Uh, I was I would have been against that the first couple of years of the show, but now I'm you know more cultured. But <laughs> I I appreciate uh, really what Harpoon's doing here. I really do. Yeah, it's uh it's tough for me to really come up with a distinct order. The beers were interesting; they were enjoyable. I'm gonna put a little effort in here to try to be honest, but not at the expense of wasting your time. 
I'll start at the top, just because mm, since I don't have a defined plan, I'm just going to kind of go do it from the hip here. Uh, the beer I enjoyed the most tonight. The beer? It's hard to Jeff say. I mean, most. there's... I guess I'll put the harpoon first. Uh, look at that. We're really uh, we're starting to line up here. I think I'm going to end up matching... Yeah, I'm going to have to match you. I, I didn't right. think I did it first, but I'm going to have to match you. So, the harpoon. What I liked about it is that it was... Uh, it's it's engaging. It's warm. It, it, but, you know, what I didn't like about it is it, it, that it, for a winter warmer, I wanted something a little more boozy. But I think that the spice substitution for the booze actually works well. And, I don't know, like, like Greg, you know... Because it's what it is, you could see a lot of cooking applications with it too, which mm -hmm. is, uh, it almost sounds like we're belittling the beer because, like, oh, it's not good to drink, might as well cook with it. No, I, it, I, it's I, not that. It, it, it's it's kind of the, the combination of it being good to drink and you can see so many more applications yeah. for it. Uh, Fezzy Wig is number two. What I liked about the Fezzy Wig is, um, you know, the, the maltiness, the richness of that, you know, some of the spices. Uh, I would have... Maybe a little more cherry in there or something like that. I think would have, like, little make it a little more fruitcake. Yeah. And I think I would have dug that up in more. It would it could have jumped in front of the, the harpoon if it was a little more fruitcake-like. Possibly. I'm with you there. Uh, the Festivus, like, I, like Greg said, until you could figure it out... You couldn't figure it out. Mm -hmm. So you didn't know what you are tasting. You didn't know if you liked it or not. And then when you started putting words to it, oh, this brown ale has pineapple in it, you know, it started making sense. And, oh, it has this spicy pepper thing going on it, you know. And once you could get the lay of the land. You wrap your mind around it. got a little it really, more yeah. comfortable with it. Uh, White Christmas, I, I enjoyed White Christmas. If I was going to make any change, maybe I'd put the White Christmas in front of Festivus. I like that savory wit beer thing. Um, different, but like I, I said when Greg was talking about, you know, it was neat to try, but I don't think it's a home run. You're not going to run a build your business on a beer mm -hmm. like that. And Never Summer, I, I think I liked it more than Greg. I enjoyed the, the Imperial Red hoppy thing going on, but it it was just out of place tonight. Definitely. Well, that ends 2.31. So we uh, hope you have enjoyed the proceedings. Ignore, ignore, the, uh... <laughs> ignore the weird sound that means that Jeff is going to put up some song. Hope I'm not giving anything away. <laughs> and we are out of here. So, um... Thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. And uh, <laughs> let, let you listen in to hear what we're playing. We're going to end you with a Rickroll. So, <laughs> an 8-bit Rickroll. Uh, thank you for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We really appreciate that you're listening to us after all this time and 231 episodes. It really means a lot. Um, you can email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can hit us on Twitter, Jeff, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg. We're also on Facebook and Google+. Craft Beer Radio was released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website for the terms of use if you want to reuse our content. And, uh... 
Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and all that other fun stuff. Mm, never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh.